Hey guys, this is David. We wanted to let you know about an exciting opportunity we don't want you to miss out on. We are hosting our annual Awaken Conference Labor Day weekend in Dallas, Texas. Join 4,000 other young adults from all over the country and world to be a part of seeing an awakening of the hope of the world, which is the church of Jesus in our generation. Go to theporch.live to get a ticket before they sell out. Hope to see you at Awaken 2022. Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word and our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What up? And Mrs. Becca Kepto. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? I want to go ahead and say that if it sounds like my voice is straining, yeah, I was at Becca's uh, (laughs) birthday party last night that turned into, they had a, uh, we were in Bishop Arts and the restaurant has like really nice karaoke lounges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had an opening. They're like, hey, if you want to go snag it for an hour, we'll give you like a half off discount. And so we did that and I... Obviously, went a little too hard. Yes, singing all of the throwbacks. Yeah, it was what, screaming them. What was the best one he sang? Um, mm. what was that? What was the first one? Thanks for the memories. Yeah, thanks for the memories. I follow that, up, boys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you do classic. don't don't stop believing? No, no. I did that one. I did Truth Hurts by Lizzo. I did uh, Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Yeah, the oh, girl. I did What go. a Beautiful Name by Hillsong. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was good. Him and Jenna did a little duet to that one. Oh, yeah. what a, a beautiful great name. Worship moment. We all were worshiping. Oh, does Jenna sing? Um, she carried tune. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, we all know what that means. That's yeah. not what we're talking about, though. Yes. So we're gonna do something a little different. We are in the middle of our FAQ series, frequently asked questions at the porch, and so we thought we would ask y'all on Instagram just some of your questions that you have. And so what we're gonna do is Becca is gonna set a timer for twenty minutes on her phone and we're going to spend 20 minutes exactly answering as many questions that you asked as we can so literally it's like a game david so you're not allowed to go past once you hear the time go off so your volume's up all that once Mm -hmm. you hear the time go off of 20 minutes we have to stop okay we might be we might do a part two depending on how juicy it gets but all right it has to stop at the 20 minute mark so this will be a for sure 20 minute episode starting here in just a minute and is the goal to get in as many questions as possible or just I think obviously answer. we want to be, you know, appropriately like lean into things if it can be yeah. confusing. But yeah, I think trying to ask answer as many questions as we can. I would say if we could answer 20 questions in 20 minutes, that Ooh. would be a win. I love right. it. Okay. We love a challenge. I'm in. Let's go. All right. On your mark. Get set. Go. Mm. Do lukewarm Christians go to hell? Uh, when it says in the Bible that um, Revelation three hot or cold, but you'll yeah. be you'll he'll spit lukewarm out of the, his mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, if it their definition of lukewarm is consistent with Revelation chapter three, then yes, he's saying, hey, you're neither hot, you're cold, you're one foot in, you're one foot out. You're not actually a Christian. So even the definition of a lukewarm Christian is is not 
consistent with what it means to be a Christian. It means somebody who actually was not a Christian, may have been raised in a church, may have some familiarity. Candidly, it's a lot of Americans today. It would be the cultural Christianity that exists. So if you are a lukewarm Christian, by definition, you are not a Christian. Okay. How does one identify false teachers when there are so many different interpretations of the Bible? How do you know which people are teaching the right things? Yeah, it's good. I think— when it comes to, um, so Paul in 1 Corinthians says, test the spirits. We are instructed to take God's word and let it be the thing that informs all of our life. And so anything that you hear from us, anything that you hear from anyone needs to be run through the grid of where can I find this in scripture. Now, if somebody has a, a differing opinion, like let's say tongues, we wouldn't say that they are a false teacher. False teacher generally means that they are teaching something knowing that it is false or teaching something that is blindly ignorant on what the accurate, true understanding. Because a lot of people would, you know, David Koresh, the guy from Waco who ended up creating a cult, probably believed he was teaching what is right, but you cannot find the behavior and the things that he encouraged inside of the scripture. He would say, man, I'm an additional prophet that adds things to the scripture. So anything that contradicts God's word, false teacher. As it relates to a lot of the teachers that are out there, I think you need to ask the question, hey, is this consistent with the teaching in scripture, mm-hmm. with what the Bible actually says? Because there's a lot of teachers that are saying things that are taking, I would say, license and take going further than the Bible goes as it relates to certain issues, whether it's prosperity gospel, whether it's charismatic gifts, whether it's the poverty gospel. But then how do you know that your interpretation of what you deem is right, yeah, the right interpretation of scripture. So like, let's just use the charismatic movement or gifts, for example, if I believe that, um, because I look at certain verses and I believe that the gifts are active today when some people believe that they're not, depending on another verse, and those two verses are both there, but they, one could like have more of an emphasis on one than the other, believe that one's true and that one doesn't mean that yada, yada, yada. Because that's not an essential to your salvation, mm-hmm. could you be like, okay, I'm still going to be underneath this person's teaching, even though I don't maybe agree with that part of what they teach? Yeah. Is that okay? Or do you need to be somewhere that you believe is aligned with everything? Yeah. But then again, how do you determine that line and know that your interpretation's the right one? Yeah, it's it's a pretty broad question. And it kind of is almost you got to take issue by issue because— to use the language you said, there's certain secondary issues and even um, third dairy or whatever the right way of saying that issue is that you and I would disagree on. And it wouldn't be, hey, you're a false teacher. It would be, I think when I uh, study 1 Corinthians 7 or Galatians chapter 1, and Paul is referring to um, something about Judaic law in Galatians 3, there may be some interpretive slight differences that are really secondary matters, or it's not a false teaching. When someone begins to take issues, especially for personal gain, mm-hmm. and begins to say, if you sow a seed of faith and invest financially in this, God is going to, and they begin to speak for God mm-hmm. in a way that you can't back up in scripture, and you can't point to the consistency of what the whole of the Bible teaches, I think they're stepping in the direction of false teaching. Gotcha. All right. Um, why is drinking okay and weed is not? Man, 
I think that's actually a great question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bible says to be sober-minded, and so I, I wouldn't encourage somebody to uh, smoke marijuana. And candidly, uh, I, I probably need to up my understanding and research on all the different ways it affects the brain and chemistry mm-hmm. and things like that. THC. Yeah. I think the historical, tools. the interesting thing about alcohol is the role that it's played, historically speaking, in society, even in biblical times, and that alcohol was not seen in the same way we see it today of something that you just, you uh, go, and it wasn't a party drink. Often, if anything, it was, hey, we know that if you drink water, you can get sick. If you drink wine, you may get drunk, but you're not going to get sick because the way alcohol fermented, it would kill the germs. And in that day, they didn't understand. Who was the guy who came up with the germ theory in the 1800s? Do you remember? That is not something that's in my... Nope. Memory. Whoever it was, man, it's going to come to me when we get it. They just didn't understand all the germ theory. So point being, I think that's a really great question. The Bible says whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And so someone can have the conviction, hey, this is not okay for me to drink. I think as it relates to marijuana, the question would be why? Like, are you turning to it to find peace? Just like with alcohol. I mean, it could, mm-hmm. both of them can be wrong. Are you turning to it to find something that ultimately you should find in God? In Texas, it's wrong because it's illegal. Right. And in most places generally, I think even where it's legal, you need to ask questions just like with alcohol, why? Yeah. Because I think uh, people ask me, like, if I go on vacation to this place where weed becomes legal, is it wrong? Like, like drinking. Colorado. Exactly. And I I feel like I'm not going to tell someone that that's wrong or right. Yeah. Like, sin, not sin. I think that you're right. You got to, like, leave it up to, like, the motive and the spirit, and all that stuff. So, um, all right. How did the porch get its name? Mm. Okay, so the porch was founded in 2007 by a guy named Jay Jacobs, who, shout out Jay, if you listen to this. He's actually in the business world now. Um, It's been a minute (laughs) since I've seen Jay. But its heart was to be a front door into the church. So that's our aim. Every place that there's a porch live location, and in Dallas at the main location, is to be the biggest front door into the church. And just like in old houses, uh, particularly in different parts of the country today, there's still lots of colonial-style homes that have a big porch that's on the front that you have to cross and walk over in order to get into the house. And that's what we want to be into the local church. It's also, historically, especially when you go back to the 40s, 50s, 30s, when a lot of front porches existed, the front porch was a gathering place where the community and neighbors would come and they'd gather together. So we want to be a place that provides connection and relationship opportunity. You also, from the front porch, could look out and see the city and see what's taking place. So we want to be a place that's a front door into the church that connects people to the body of Christ. We want to be a place that provides the opportunity to connect with one another, just like a front porch hanging out together would. And we want to be a group of people that look out from that, see the needs of the city, and go to meet them. So that's kind of the heart and name behind yeah. the porch. I love that symbol so much. Mm-hmm. It's a great name. Most people don't know. We don't. We need to talk about it more. Yeah, really should. Yeah, and like why the lantern is our logo and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, is it biblical to pray for my future spouse as a single person, or is like is it okay? I I think more so Ooh. is the question. Mm. Sure. I I agree. I I like. I'm not a dad, and I pray for my future children. And, like, that's not even—I don't even know if God's going to give me children. Right. And so I am—but I'm going to pray as if he is. And so that way, if he does, 
they are covered in prayer before even being, you know, formed. And so I think in the same way, um, you know, my parents prayed for my future spouse. Like, yeah, they didn't know if I was, was going to get married. Yeah. So it's, I personally feel like um, as long as what you are not doing is almost like that prayer is give me a spouse, give me a spouse. And in a way, um, if you, there's no sign of dates or any movement, you're disappointed in God. That's where I think, if that's what you mean by praying for a spouse. But if you're like, man, God, if marriage is something you have for me, um, I ask that you would protect them from unnecessary pain, consequences, um, you know, that kind of stuff. I for sure think that's that's great. 100%. In fact, think about how amazing of a gift it would be for somebody who right now says, man, I'm going to pray. I'm going to hold it loosely. It's not going to be an idol. I'm not going to hold God to something or it won't rack my faith if this doesn't happen in the timeline I want. But on your wedding day, you hand the person you marry a journal of the things, hey, here's how the ways I've been praying for you mm-hmm. and praying for strength, for temptation and preserving my purity and praying that uh, the story God's writing would be a story that you get to share and impart to our kids. Like, that's an amazing gift. It's not just necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful gift to give to someone. We were moving some of my old stuff the other day, and I found, like, literally, like, 10-year-old JD journal no letters. And it was the most cheesiest thing to my future wife. Oh, and 10 years ago. No, not Not when you were 10. No, like, 10, <laughs> 12, 14. Like, I was that kid. <laughs> That was like drawing hearts and like oh love drunk. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can 10? definitely picture that. Yeah, like long time ago. I mean, I won't. I won't wow. say it was ten, but I was a kid. I was a child. I, <laughs> I clearly had no idea. I was spelling errors galore. It's amazing. And That's I mean, I was like to my future wife. Gosh, you, you, I can just tell you're beautiful. <laughs> it's like, who is he talking oh, to? Man. I'm like probably uh, picking up flowers. She yeah. loves me. She loves oh, me now. For sure. In the pastures of East I Texas. I think that's called a diary at that yeah. point. Yeah. Oh. Actually, my um, brother-in-law now, but my sister's boyfriend in high school found my diary <gasps> and read it in front of my home. No. Oh my gosh. That's why you needed one with the lock on it. Was it was about a girl named Sierra. Oh my no. gosh. And I... Balled my eyes out. So embarrassed. Yeah, what a, what a, I was, it's trauma. Move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not really close. All right. Anyways, uh, um, okay. Can you talk about blasphemy being the unforgivable sin and what it means? Um, I actually had this question come to me after my last message. Uh, can you lose your salvation? Is a sin being unforgivable or first off, is blasphemy, um, which is just, I guess, saying that Jesus isn't the son of God, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, is that an unforgivable sin? Is that what that in scripture means? And then it, I thought God, we always say that the gospel, it covers all sins. So why don't we say it covers all sins except blasphemy? Um, and then if you've blast, how do you say that? Been a blas- blasphemer? Blasphemer before... Can you be like redeemed? Yeah, mm-hmm. in your like in life on Earth. Yeah, so there was a movie that came out, uh, man, a while ago of people who were atheists saying, "I have blasphemed." You all, y'all remember this? I have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, and I'm not afraid. And people often think that, hey, by blaspheme, I just mean I blaspheme, which is not a 
good thing to do. Blaspheme is kind of a, a word that we don't use anymore. It just means defiant or continuous irreverence towards. So when you take the teaching of Jesus, what keeps somebody out of heaven is not their sin. It's not trusting in Jesus. Or said, which is basically kind of the, saying the same thing, what sends someone to hell is not trusting in Jesus. So with that understanding, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or defiant irreverence would be the rejection of the Holy Spirit. It would be the rejection of the Son of God, the Spirit of God, refusing to trust in Christ and trusting in yourself or believing that there is not an eternal destination awaiting for you. So when somebody says, what's the unforgivable sin? It is to not trust in Jesus. When you take the whole of scripture in the understanding of that teaching, it's referenced in Mark chapter three, Matthew chapter 12, where Jesus is speaking and he references, hey, the only thing that won't be forgiven is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. And the context is the Pharisees are saying, you have an impure spirit to Jesus. Did you know this? Like he's speaking something in the Pharisees, in Mark chapter three, it says, uh, the Pharisees said, Jesus said this because they were saying about him, he has an impure spirit. And so Jesus is saying, you reject my spirit, which means you're rejecting me. You're rejecting me. You're rejecting the spirit, which is the spirit of God. And so those who reject me will not be forgiven or those who don't accept Christ will not be forgiven. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we read that and we go, oh, if somebody says I blaspheme, which is still a incredibly irreverent, sinful, no fear of God before your eyes type of thing to use Romans language. But what Jesus is saying is those who reject the Christ, the Savior, sent by God for them, have rejected the Spirit of God, have rejected God in essence, and that is something that cannot be forgiven. Okay. When they die. Does yeah, that make sense? I, like, it's not a one-time I'm, thing. Because it's almost weird. Like, I feel like that's not even like the right way of saying it. It cannot be forgiven. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they've made their choice. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's like, it's like forgiveness. They're not even asking for forgiveness. Yeah. It's like they, they, they're rejecting something. They're rejecting God, which means they're rejecting forgiveness. They're rejecting Jesus, which means they're rejecting eternal life. So it's almost like God's just not going to force them. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly okay. right. Um, next one. Is masturbation a sin if you're not thinking about anything sexual? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, this is such an interesting question. Did, it's you, a did you know one. that there are YouTube videos? Can I drop pastor's name since it's on YouTube? Uh, let's, go, let's go no. Let's not pick a fight right now. Okay. Um, but there are pastors, well-known pastors on YouTube, um, live Instagram living with their spouse talking about how it's okay to masturbate. No. And there are videos of, you know, there's like a really big wave right now of YouTubers right. who are talking about like hot topics, like mm -hmm. Christian, like really informed sound, like it's like, they're like six minute videos. It's like, um, can you be a, can you lose your salvation? Like, honestly, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Stuff like that. And it's like masturbation is sin or what they'll do is they'll take things like that that happen. Yeah. And they'll show the clip and they'll talk next to it and they'll, they'll disagree and then they'll invite the person always to come on and talk about it. And they'll tell you if they accepted or denied like the invitation or if they just didn't see it. Wow. And so there's multiple videos of people watching this that I'm mentioning of pastors saying it's okay. 
and it's actually a gift from God when you're away from your spouse. So this is like a, going a little bit of a different way, but I think that's why this is important to actually to talk about it is because p- people are saying that in a way it can serve you and your spouse that if you're away, you can think about them. And if you're in the military, stuff like that. Yeah. There's like a lot of nuances actually to this question, but let's start with this person's question. Yeah. Is it okay? Mainly as a single person, I think they're asking if you aren't thinking about anything sexually. Yeah. So one, the Bible doesn't outright address masturbation. It over and over addresses lustful thoughts. So high level, if someone, and generally speaking, those are going hand in hand. Oh, we only got two and a half minutes. And so in Matthew chapter 5, 25, Jesus addresses, hey, if your right eye, he basically brings up sexual immorality. He says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who lusts after a woman or after a man has already committed adultery with them in your heart. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He's not being literal, but he's saying, go to extreme measures in order to fight sexual sin. And you would assume there's clearly a connection where he's saying lust and hand are involved in. I think a bigger framework or questions would be to ask, hey, the Bible says in everything that we do, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, do everything for the glory of God. So is this something that I can right now do with integrity to the glory of God? It also says in Romans 14, we referenced a second ago, everything that doesn't come from faith is sin. So if there's a conviction around, hey, is that a sin or is this something that I'm not sure is totally right, then for you, it would be something that is wrong. It also tells us that we're not our own and our body was bought with a price. We should honor God with our body. Can you with integrity say, man, I feel like I'm honoring God. And it tells us that the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And so am I exercising self-control in this moment? Is this something that I can with integrity say I'm exercising self-control? My guess would be the answer to those questions would be no. And that I don't feel like I'm doing this not for my own benefit, but for the glory of God. Okay. What if people said that like our bodies are a gift from God and how we use them and all those things. Like why would God give us the ability if we wouldn't be able to like use it? Like, because we can do that with our own bodies. Yeah. Why would he not allow us or want us to do that? I think, I think another slippery slope of that is the justification of actions and taking steps towards self-pleasure and the way that, I mean, who can govern their own mind to a point where, hey, no sinful thoughts ever slip in. And I don't know anybody who's like, man, I've done this consistently for years and I don't ever have a sinful thought that's associated. I'm not saying that doesn't pers- that person doesn't exist. I'm saying, and we have 30 seconds. I'm saying, <laughs> can you with integrity say, I am doing this for the glory of God. My body is not my own. I was bought with a price and I want to honor God with my body. And I think this is the honoring thing that I should do to him. And I'm convinced that through the lens of my faith, how much time do I have? That this is 18 seconds, that this is um, an action that is going to bring the most glory to God. I just think we, we are, are tricking ourselves and you can jump through hoops and man, that's yeah, between you and the Lord. But like they said, the pastor said it could be a gift for your marriage. Yeah, that's so what I my question think is to be. we should, oh, we are at 20 minutes. You didn't do the alarm. I, you did the stopwatch. Stop oh, okay, that's my Okay, bad. that's it. 20 <laughs> minutes. Beep, 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 beep. 
I guess you guys will have to tune in to next week as we continue this conversation mm. that is getting a little spicy, yeah. no, I would say. Spicy. Because, like I said, these are people that people look up to um, and listen to yeah. that are saying that it can be a gift yeah. for your marriage. So, I guess we'll start there Man. with round two Let's of FAQ, Views from the Porch. There we go. All right, we'll see you next week in another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week. 